Hi everyone and welcome to Trial by Podcast. My name's Emma Jago and I'm here with fellow graduate Jacqueline White. Today we're going to be discussing the recent Tokyo Olympics. Despite the many challenges Tokyo had to overcome to make it happen, the 2020 Olympic Games were fantastic. The athletes did an incredible job and I'm missing watching it on TV every night. Absolutely, and it was a great distraction from the Sydney lockdown. I would absolutely be lying if I didn't say I got a little teary watching some of the athletes win gold. I completely agree. Watching Emma McKeon become the most successful Australian swimmer of all time with 11 medals was just incredible. Yeah, not only did she become the most successful Australian swimmer of all time, but by winning seven medals in the Tokyo Olympics, she has become one of the most successful individual female athletes at a single Olympic Games. The last time a woman won seven medals at an Olympic Games was in 1952. So that's a huge achievement for Emma and for Australia. Unfortunately, though, Jackie, for some athletes, their participation in the 2020 Olympics was the topic of heavy debate, that being the inclusion of transgender women in the Olympics and sporting events worldwide. At the forefront of this discussion has been New Zealander Laurel Hubbard, who became one of the first openly transgender athletes to compete in the Olympic Games this year. Laurel's participation in the Games was heavily criticised as she was competing in the over 87kg weightlifting event, which some critics deemed unfair as she was born biologically male. Debates over trans women in sport have been going on for decades and the criticisms have remained largely the same, that trans women will have an unfair advantage over their competitors. Unfortunately, at the moment, there is a lack of published studies comparing the athletic capability of trans and cisgender women to assess whether there is any validity in this criticism. Dr. Eric Villane, a paediatrician and geneticist who studies sex differences in athletes, says there is no good faith reason to limit transgender women's participation in sports. Dr. Villain bases this opinion on the fact that in real-life competitions, transgender women are not winning everything, and thus, any evidence that there is an advantage linked to transgender women has not been yet established. Of course, more studies and research should be conducted to prove Villain's argument, but if we look to the Tokyo Olympics, the results boards speak for themselves. Laurel Hubbard failed to win the over 87kg weightlifting event. Unfortunately for Hubbard, she did not even place in the top three. The science on the issue is clearly unconfirmed and the question remains, where does the law lie? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Despite huge gains for trans and queer athletes on the Olympic stage this year, trans athletes still face an uncertain legal landscape and there is no consensus among sporting bodies on what the rules should be for trans women and non-binary people. Up until 2004, transgender athletes were banned from competing altogether. It's only in the last two decades that we've seen a change in this area. The International Olympic Committee's guidelines for transgender women have changed a few times since 2004, but today transgender women must meet two conditions before they can compete. First, they have to declare their gender and not change that assertion for four years. Second, the women must have a testosterone level of less than 10 nanomoles per litre for a minimum of one year before competing. So according to these guidelines, Laurel was of course eligible to compete in the Olympic Games. However, this eligibility to compete for trans women is about to change. IOC's medical and science director, Dr. Richard Budget, has stated that science has moved on and following the Tokyo Olympic Games, the IOC will be announcing new guidelines for transgender athletes. But what about outside of the Olympic Games? What are the rules with other sporting bodies? In the United States, the legal landscape for trans athletes is particularly troubling. 
as there are currently 35 bills to limit the participation of trans women in sport under consideration in different state legislatures. In June, Florida became the most recent state to ban transgender girls and women from participating in female sports in public secondary and high schools, colleges and universities. So that doesn't even just apply to professional sport, but competing at an amateur level between schools and students. The law defines an athlete's sex as that stated on official documents at birth and states that female sporting teams, quote, may not be open to students of the male sex. Similarly, on an international level in July 2020, World Rugby released draft guidelines for a new policy on transgender athletes. These guidelines would see all trans women and non-binary people assigned male at birth banned from competing in women's rugby. So what about Australia? The Federal Sex Discrimination Act 1984 prohibits unlawful discrimination on the basis of sex and gender identity in certain areas of public life. But under the Act, discrimination on the basis of sex or gender identity in sport will be permitted if, one, the different treatment amounts to, quote, a special measure, unquote, which means positive actions used to promote equality for disadvantaged persons, or two, an exemption applies. An example of one accepted exemption allows for discrimination on the grounds of sex or gender identity only in, quote, any competitive sporting activity in which the strength, stamina or physique of competitors is relevant, end quote. According to the Australian Human Rights Commission, the, quote, objective of the exemption is to restrict competitive sporting activity to people who can effectively compete, end quote. This exemption only applies when the competitors are aged 12 years and over. Essentially, this exemption would apply in circumstances where a sporting association considers it dangerous for a transgender woman to play against cisgender women. This balance of safety and fairness is what World Rugby have used to explain their total ban on transgender women competing at an international level. It will be interesting to see whether the IOC chooses to tighten or loosen their guidelines in the coming months following the conclusion of the 2020 Olympic Games. Laurel Hubbard herself summed up the importance of creating a safe space to allow transgender athletes to participate freely in sport when she was interviewed following her performance at the Olympic Games. She stated, quote, All I've ever wanted to be is myself. I'm just so grateful that I've had the opportunity to come here and be me, end quote. If you have any questions on this topic or another area of law that you would like to discuss, please reach out to us at mccabecurwood.com.au.